This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Psalms 145 and 2. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Every day. Every day. On the good days and on the bad days. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and ever and ever. For he's good every day. Every day. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit. And I thank you for your goodness and your grace. Speak to us now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Well, I don't know if you realize it or not, but we are blessed. I had no clue what God was lining up this year when I declared 2020 the year of blessing. As I told you last week, I think some of you felt like I missed God, but it's not the year to receive a blessing, it's the year to be a blessing. Now, sometimes we have a problem being a blessing because we don't feel very blessed ourselves. We don't feel like we have anywhere a blessing to operate from. I think that sometimes we need to have an encounter. We need to have a moment that makes us stop and realize just how blessed we are. Now, I had such a moment of several years ago. I landed. It's the very first time I'd ever flown out of the country, and I landed in a, another nation. They, 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 they gave me a, a, a quick sandwich, threw me into a, a small Toyota pickup truck, Now, when I say small Toyota pickup truck, you realize that there's nothing small about throwing me in a Toyota pickup truck. But they not only threw me and a driver in this Toyota pickup truck, they threw three or four other grown adults in this Toyota pickup truck. And I began to pray, oh God, don't let me die. You see, when you're in this country, they have a a different mentality than we have, and they have a thing in that country there called a tap-tap, okay? And a tap-tap, the reason you call it a tap-tap, there's little pickup trucks like that running everywhere, and if you want to ride, you just simply tap-tap. So they tap-tap, and they kept tap-tapping and tap-tapping, and, I, and the question is, how many people can fit on a tap-tap? Always one more. And so we're riding for 13 hours through the jungle. Get my book. You can hear about that experience. And, and we arrive at an abandoned old structure. I won't call it a house, but it was, it was like a house. And we aban- we arrive at this abandoned old structure. And, and there is, I mean, it's a structure. And, and there's no water. There's no electricity. And, and they show me an old mattress. And they said, that's where you're sleeping tonight. And I, I thought, well, okay. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to be a neat experience. So I, 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 then actually I'd taken a brother from our church here. And they said, as a matter of fact, he's sleeping in the same mattress with you. And I said, I may feel like praying all night long. <laughs> and then the rats started running across me as I slept. I wasn't feeling very blessed. 
no water, no electricity, and I don't mind spiders, but don't run a rat across me while I sleep. So I'm sitting here, and I began to notice after about two days, something was weird happening. As I'm feeling like, why am I here? Why am I wasting my time? Why am I in the middle of this jungle? And I'm trying to preach, and I've never really learned how to work with an interpreter at that point yet, and I, and I was just brand new at all this, and I'm trying to figure all of this out. And as I'm dealing with all this, I notice that every time we, we throw away our trash, that as quickly as we throw our trash away, it disappears. And I, I'm wondering where the trash, I mean, it's immediately gone. And I'm like, where's the trash going? And then I see my juice bottle that had a twist top on it, like sort of like a Gatorade bottle that had a twist top on it, on someone's side that had walked for miles through the jungles and it had become their canteen. And then I realized that my solo cups had become their fine china. And I realized that my trash was becoming their treasures. It was some of the best opportunities they had to be blessed out of what seems like trash to some was the treasure to another. Can I tell you today, I don't know where you are in your life, but you live in one of the most blessed eras in the history of the world, and we live, though we may be struggling in our nation at this hour, we still live in one of the most blessed nations that the world has ever seen, and no matter what, we have reason to give God praise. Amen. We have reason to rejoice and bless his name. Now, so many times, however, we start looking at our lives and we feel more like the trash than we do the treasure. We think we have nothing to offer. If we're supposed to bring something to the king of glory, listen to me carefully, we, how are we supposed to bring our best when it seems like our best is nothing but trash because we feel broken and we feel unworthy? Well, I want to talk to you for just a moment for those that feel broken and unworthy. There is an ancient Japanese art form called Kintsuji. Kintsuji. Kintsuji means kin means gold. Suji means joints. This ancient Japanese art form repairs broken pieces of pottery by filling the cracks with a lacquer made from powdered gold. Listen to me. Instead of trying to find something clear to hide the dysfunction, instead the dysfunctions are no longer disguised, but yet they are accented to show that though there may be scars and though there may have been brokenness, that someone took the time to take broken pieces and put them back together and to celebrate them with golden seams. It's those cracks that give the repaired pottery their unique character. And the other definition of the word kintsuji means the art of precious scars. Now, I'm supposed to go one direction, but I feel myself going the other direction for just a moment. I don't know how you're broken, and I don't know what all your scars are, and I don't want you to focus on gold, but I want you to focus on the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ specializes in taking the scars that are wounded and the brokenness of your life and piecing it back together, not to disguise it, but so that those things might bring glory to God for what the world thought 
would destroy you now has become the drive that's within you to overcome and it gives you reason to bless the living God. Can you bless him? Thank God for the precious scars. Amen. Pastor Don, why are you yelling? Well, I feel this in my heart. But another reason I believe that I yell is because I am determined to be louder than the defeats that tell you you will be destroyed. It runs in the family, apparently. I had the honor yesterday of taking my grandson fishing. We went out, collected the worms. I thought I felt pretty proud of myself. We found our own worms. We went out and collected the worms. He popped open the can. I was letting him handle the worms. He'd hand me the worm. I'd put it on the hook, you know, kind of thing. He popped open the can. And I thought I had a, I have a preacher on my hand. He looked inside and he said, you will be still. You are going to help Papa and I catch a fish. <laughs> and I thought, well, buddy, if they were still. And I had to tell him, you know, they're just trying to save their life. Can I tell you something? There's a side of me. That's why I get passionate about this. I want you to hear me. I don't care what devils in hell are trying to stop you. I want you to hear me that your brokenness has not disqualified you and did not turn you into trash. Your brokenness has turned you into the treasure of heaven because when he sees you, he sees the life of Christ intertwined within you and you're still standing and you're still here and you can still join me in declaring that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. God is so good to us. You see, we should not just celebrate our successes, but we should rather learn to bless God and others even from the broken places of our lives. Now listen to me very carefully because this is important. Becoming a blessing will not right all the times that you have suffered. Let me say that again. Becoming a blessing will not right all the times you've suffered, but it will redeem them. I wish that I had, as it were, an etch-a-sketch for each one of you. You know how that is where you start drawing and and then suddenly you just shake it up and it all disappears. I would love to be able to say, no more pain. No more bad design. No more struggles. I would love to be able to wipe it all away for you. But here's what I've learned. That Jesus didn't come to wipe away the scars of your life. He came to redeem them. In other words, that the very thing, my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit of the living God, the very things that the enemy thought was going to take you out and destroy your mind and destroy your drive and to make you nobody in this world, my God sent you a blessing called Jesus so that what was going to seemingly destroy you, instead, God redeems and he says, I can make you stronger where the enemy thought he had destroyed you. I can make you able and I will help you become better. Because that's who we are in Christ. Pastor Don, are you implying we're broken people? Because none of us go unchipped. None of us go unshattered. Sometimes you're even wounded and the people that did the wounding didn't even know it. The young man that very similar was a wounder and he didn't even know it because he was so driven by what he thought of himself. Did you ever, are there any moments in your life that you said something so arrogant as a teenager that you wish you could just reel it in? 
suck it back into the universe instead of letting it float around in pain. This young man's name was Joseph. And Joseph in the scripture, the Bible tells us that he was so focused on his own dreams and his own callings and his own purpose and what he felt like his life was about, he didn't even realize that he was hurting people around him, that he was fracturing them by telling about his dreams. And so he's telling everybody, yeah, you're all going to end up bowing down to me because I'm going to be the greatest. You know what that does to his, to his brothers? It makes them hate him. And it insults his parents, breaks everybody around him. And it actually takes Joseph to the point to where his brothers hate him so deeply, they throw, and I've never seen this before, I was preparing this message, they threw him into a pit and gave him no pity. Tell me that won't preach. They threw him into a pit and gave him no pity, and it was seemingly as he was stripped of the coat of many colors of his dreams. He is brought out, sold into slavery. They lash him behind a, a camel, and he walks through the dung of everyone of the waste of that animal all the way to Egypt, where he's sold as a slave. Every day, his dreams are being broken. But yet in his arrogance, he realizes he's created for more. So he works his way up to the household leader. He's in charge of the house only to be falsely accused and broken back down again. Because you see, he had repaired the brokenness of his life with his own self-will before. And he's broken down again and placed in a prison. Do you know what would bring Joseph to his place of promotion? Do you know what would move him forward? Not his giftings and not his callings. It was, watch this. It was his scars. His scars are what would move him forward because, listen to me, this is so, so important. His scars would cause him to see the pain in a baker and a butler. Cupbearer. Would cause him to see their pain. And because of his pain, he could see their pain. And he stopped and he ministered to them in their pain. Do you see where I'm trying to show you here? Is God's not through with you because you've experienced pain. God wants to redeem the pain for his glory and for your good and for the good of others around you. And so Joseph stops and ministers scars, recognize scars. You see, when somebody's dealing with addiction, I, I can tell you I always find somebody that's been brought through an addiction and say, you guys to walk together because they can get some stuff by me. They can't get past your scars. I know what my scars are, you know what your scars are, and it makes you recognize them in other people. So from the place of pain that you're walking in, God's wanting to turn it. Would you help me for just a moment? God's wanting to do what? Turn it. Say that with me. He's wanting to what? Turn it. Even right out there where you are, say it with me one more time. Turn it. Now listen, he's going to turn it for your good because all of a sudden, because he ministered from his place of brokenness, one day, one, is, one of those people ends up losing their life and one is restored and the Pharaoh needs somebody's help and, and instead of his calling making room for him, it was his pain that made room for him. It were the golden scenes of his heart. Because then what happens? He says, you know, what? there was a guy down in prison. His name was Joseph. So they have to clean him up because he's depressed by this point. And he's downcast and they bring him before the Pharaoh. And the story tells us in Scripture that he saves the known world with his wisdom. Now, interesting enough, after he's done everything he can do, Pharaoh wants to bless him on every side. 
He's made Pharaoh rich beyond measure. And he brings down his father, Jacob. And Genesis 47 talks about this. This is really important to see. Verse number seven. Says then Joseph brought in Jacob his father and stood him before Pharaoh and Jacob blessed Pharaoh and Pharaoh said to Jacob how many are the days of your your life in other words now I want you to go back a minute then Joseph brought Jacob his father and stood him before Pharaoh and Jacob did what blessed him did what blessed Pharaoh. He came in and blessed him. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, how many are the days of the years of your life? And Jacob said, the days of the years of my sojourning are 130 years. Notice this. And they're few and evil. They've been good and bad. I've had some good days. Had some good days. How many have had some good days? How many have had some bad days? How many have had some days you're not sure about? How many of you are not going to raise your hand no matter what I ask? All right. You see, the point is, Some of you feel like you've had more bad days than good days. But here's what Jacob says. Yeah, I've had a rough life. But notice what it didn't change. It didn't change Jacob's position when he came through the door. The rough life doesn't have to change your position. Watch this now. He says, my father's lived a lot longer than I did, and they attained many things in their sojourning. But verse number 10, notice this. And Jacob did what? Bless Pharaoh. What's this? And went out. Interesting. He blessed him when he came in and he blessed him when he went out. See, a lot of us are quick to bless somebody when they come in. But when they go out, we have to assume the position of winning because if they go from us, then they can't be one of us. And so I've got to be the winner. So I tell you their faults instead of celebrating what they did for me while they were with me. Teaching truth. Instead of telling you how to, what a blessing they were, I burned the bridge to them because they've hurt me and I've got to look like I'm the right one. But that's not how to bless going and coming. What would happen in your life if you realized that the pathway to your progress might be across a bridge you thought about burning? So even though you don't have to agree, That doesn't change who you are. You bless when you come in and you bless when you go out. Because we want to be blessed when we come in and when we go out. Am I preaching truth? Because when we bless God, we are a blessing to his children. And so we've got to learn to be a blessing. But Pastor Don, you don't understand You don't understand what they did to me. No, you don't understand. Don't let someone else's actions block your pathway to your blessing. Truth. You stay strong. You be good. You honor God. You keep praising. You keep living for God. Now, can I show you something I learned from history this week? From the story of the rabbis. Now, this is the story... It's called, if you understand anything about devout Judaism today, an Orthodox or devout Jew will do 100 blessings every day. Every day. Okay? Some of you are having 100 every year. They do 100 a day. Why? Well, in the scripture, there's a story that tells about a plague that came upon, and lots of people preached on it during COVID, actually, that came upon the people of Israel. I never saw this before before now. Ray probably saw this, but I've never seen this before now. It, 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 the plague that in the Scripture came during the year of the census. Oh, 
Just a thought. But it came during the year of the census, and it was because of the census that David did, disobeying the command of God, and God sends a plague, and, and so they have to run out to this place called Nation's Threshing Floor, and they stop there, and they stop. They stop the plague by assuming a position. They did what? They assumed a position, a repentant position. But there's another plague that, that's not in the scripture, but that the Jewish people are the finest historians on the planet. You got to understand that, okay? That's in Jewish history that we don't find in scripture. We find it in the history of the rabbis. And in the history of the rabbis, the Jewish people were told of a plague that happened during King David's life. And during this plague, now listen to me, every single day, 100 people died. Every single day, 100 people were dead. So guess what people respond? I want to go to my notes because I want to get this right. Guess how people responded. Are you ready for this? Here we go. I want you to see this. So we get over here, and the people are sheltered in place. 100 are dying a day. They're described as huddling in fear, barricading others out, and afraid for the future. Sound familiar? 100 people dying a day. I'm not letting you in the door. So they convene the council of rabbis. The council of rabbis come together and they make a declaration. And I thought I was going to shout for joy because how many times have I said this in 2020? They declared we must change the narrative of the day. So they said, we should become a people with 100 people dying a day. We should turn this by adding to our daily routines a position of blessing God 100 times every day. So instead of constantly speaking of fear and the fate of the people, we will rather elevate our position to a position of blessing. According to the tradition, when they stepped to their doorways and assumed the right position. Can I modernize that for a moment? When they turned on their feeds. When they started making a post. When they encountered their neighbors, they didn't run in fear. They stepped to their doorways and they assumed the position of blessing. And they began to bless him every single day. Whether people were dying or not, they would bless him. Whether things were good or bad, they would bless him. Whether they felt like it or not, they would bless him. And history tells us that the moment they began to bless, the very moment they began to bless, that immediately the curse stopped and the plague lifted. Why? Because the people of God assumed the right position and when you assume the right position, God is free to move in the land. Amen. Some of you go, Pastor Don, I don't know what I can bless God for. There's a thousand things to bless God for. They started looking for ways to bless God and to bless others. 
So they said, we will bless God for the beauty that surrounds us. Now when Charlie came to us as a little boy, he was six years old, and I thought one of the most important things I'm going to teach this child, not knowing how long he would have been in our life at that point, I'm going to teach this child to see the beauty around him. So on the way to school, as the sun would be rising, and I would see the sun, I would, I would always go, look, look, look at the beauty. And he's like, what, what, what? And I said, look at the beauty, look at the beauty. And he has turned that on me so many times. I'm driving down the road, weighted down with the world's problems. It feels like I'm not focused at all. Please bear witness, because it's, I mean, bear with me for just a moment. Hold, brace yourself. We'll be driving down the road, and this is what I, this is how it sounds to me. We're driving down the road, and he goes, stop! And I'm like, whoa, what? what? And I'm looking for what car is about to hit us. And I said, what is it? And he said, look at the beauty. Everywhere beauty is to be found. I came home Friday night. Did anybody see that sunset Friday night? It was sitting on every side of my house, apparently. I sat in my chair, put my feet up, and, and, and was carrying the weight of the world going through my feet. My feet were swelling. I didn't feel good. I, my head wasn't feeling great. I just wanted nightfall to come. And he comes running in. And he said, you got to come see the beauty. I said, what? He said, I saw the beauty. So I leaned from my chair. And I was like, oh, look, that is pretty. Thanks, buddy. He said, not that one, this one. I was like, I can't see that one. He's like, it's over there where it's pretty, not over there. I said, it's pretty right there. He said, no, it's pretty over there. I was like, it can't be pretty there and there because the sun sets that way. He said, I'm telling you, it's pretty over there. So I hop up and it's gorgeous over there. So we go out and run out on the porch and we're looking at the sky. We're looking at the beauty. And then Christina's like, what are y'all doing? And we're like, we're looking at the beauty. And she's like, but it's pretty over here. So then we're running to that side of the house and we're running all around the house going, oh, this is prettier. This is prettier. This is prettier. What happened was this. I was sitting down in all of my cares and all of my pain. And suddenly I'm running around the house like a little child going, whoa, that's prettier. Whoa, that's prettier. Look how good that is. Can I tell you if you will elevate your position and begin to declare the goodness of God and begin to... If every time he comes to take you out and tell you that God forgot about you, assume your position and begin to say, every day I will bless thee. And every day the name of Jesus is good. And every day God's still faithful. And every day you will hear my voice join with the sound of the birds because I'm blessing God for them too. Come on now. And I will declare who he is and how good he is and how faithful. I wish somebody would catch what I'm trying to tell you today. Every day we will bless him. One of my favorite blessings they give every day, the Jewish people give, is for the smell of fresh baked bread. And then they add a second one on for the satisfaction after eating the fresh baked bread. What I'm trying to tell you is they said, let's pray before our meal and after our meal. Some of you can bless your meal before. You go, well, what if it's not any good? Then you can bow your head and say, thank God that's over. Bless the Lord. You can find reason to bless him in everything. 
Do not tune this out. You need this last moment. You need this last moment. In the scripture, the book of Luke, we read a story, and I'm going to give this to you as fast as I can. We read a story about 10, how many? 10 lepers that come to Jesus. And Jesus tells them, he says, they cry out, have mercy on us, have mercy on us. And he says to them something very interesting. He says, go show yourself to the priest. I want you to see this. Go, go over to, to verse number 13, I think it is. And, and he says, he says, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Notice he did not say to them, you were healed. I want to give you a teaching most of you have never learned. He never said you're healed. He said, go show yourself to the priest. Okay? This is important. And as they went to show themselves to the priest, they were cleansed. Now the reason that he said, go show yourself to the priest, watch this, was the priest's job was to examine them to see if they were really well. So he'd lock them up for seven days. They didn't get to go home that day. He'd lock them up for seven days and he'd keep looking to make sure that it hadn't come back. And then every so often they'd be doing a check. And every time there was a bump on their skin, they were worried. So they'd have to go down and get it checked out because they never wanted to go back. Jesus never says to the ten, you're healed. He says, go let them check you out and let's see if you're healed. That's what it, how it translates there. Go show yourself. Let them make sure you're healed. Okay, But one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He blessed the Lord. And he fell at, on his face at Jesus' feet and he gave him thanks. Now listen to what Jesus says to him later on in the scripture. I'm just going to sum this up for you. He, said, he says, where are the others? Oh, they're down there trying to decide if they're healed. <laughs> trying to let somebody else tell them if they're healed. Time trying to let somebody else tell them if they can go home, if they can stay healed. He said, but such faith as this I have not found. And he looked at him and he said, your faith has saved you. Your faith has healed you. What was the difference? He chose the position of blessing. That's what God wants you to choose. Who cares what other people think about you? You can't tell me whether I'm free or not. There's only one person who tells me I'm free, and his name is Jesus, and he has declared me blood-bought, a child of the living King. He is worthy. He is holy. He is just. He is good. Those men, for the rest of their life, every bump, every pimple would send them in terror. But not the one who assumed the position of blessing. Because every setback only drove him back to the place of blessing. Always remember to take a moment to thank God for what he has delivered you from. Here's the beauty of this moment. Every time you bless you revisit the cross over and over again. Who am I to bless the Lord? I am a failed man whose sins seem to weigh greater than my good days. But His blood is greater 
than my failures. For where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. He in his faithfulness tells me that I cannot allow what's wrong with me to cause me not to see what's right about him. And so I assume my position and I'm looking for those who will stand with me and declare the Lord is good. He is faithful. And every day we will bless thee. Every, I'm looking for you. Hands that were stained with sin that are lifted to bless the Lord. Voices that once were quieted by the enemy. Now declare, every day I will bless thee and I will praise your what? Name. What's the name? Jesus. I will praise the name of Jesus. Who is worthy? Jesus. Every day, Jesus is still worthy of your praise. Now come on, give God a praise like you deserve. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me in this place. Those of you that are, that are watching, please take a moment of reverence. Those of you that are driving, uh, keep your eyes on the road, but just let your, your conversation cease for just a moment. You're listening to victory, and God is speaking to you through this moment. As you tuned in to victory, God wants to bring victory to your life right now. Those of you who are part of what God is doing right here, I want you to know I've felt his presence all morning. I have felt people come to the presence of Christ without our normal raise your hand and prayer, our normal prayer. I have felt it more as people who have said, here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I have come to declare that you are Lord. There's an atmosphere that is set. Some of you are facing hell itself. I would love to lay hands on you and it fall off of you, but that is no different than going to show yourself to the priest today. But at his feet. Oh, that's an old song. At his feet. There's healing. There's deliverance. Some of you go, Pastor Don, you don't understand my sin. You don't understand at his feet. You need to start thanking him that in spite of that, he's forgiving you. He is your healer. He is your refuge. He is your deliverer. Somebody right now, he's about to become your savior right now with every method, but either television, online, radio, here, present. Somebody, it's more than somebody. I believe there are dozens right now are going to give their life to Jesus Christ because we're going to tear down the walls. You don't have to listen to what somebody else tells you you're perfect. What you need to hear right now is Jesus say, you are welcome. You are his child. And then you need to start thanking him for it. Thank you, Lord, that we are welcome. Thank you that we are your children. Some of you are going, but Pastor Don, you don't know how broken I am. No, you forgot about that. That what I talked to you about, his blood fills the seams and your golden seams are running through your life because it, the scars may stay, but God's going to do something great in spite of the scars.
Pastor Don, you don't know what I said to my wife on the way here. No, 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 you don't understand. I'm trying to give you the right position. Now begin to bless God by blessing her. You don't understand. You can bless others that you interact with. God's trying to change your atmosphere right now. Pastor Don, in this service, I will when you get where I'm trying to get you to be. We have a day. This is our moment. This is our time. Some of you go, Pastor Don, I'm too broken. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. You're not too broken. You are a vessel that he wants to heal. Every day we will bless the Lord and praise his name forever. But the enemy's tried to kill you. But God put gold inside of you and is shining forth. Faith is reaching out of you. Maybe you're standing next to a spouse that you're not supposed to still be standing next to. Give God some praise. Maybe you're standing in a house you're not supposed to be standing in. Give God some praise. Maybe you're supposed to be dead a long time ago, but you're still living. Give God some praise. Why don't you give God some praise in this place? In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.